This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today it is Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Now, we've got non-farm payroll out tomorrow, of course, but we've had a few clues with the latest ADP figures yesterday. Private payrolls increasing by just 374,000 in August, which was far short of the 600,000 estimates. So maybe markets will be worried by that. Yeah, it was quite a substantial miss coming in just above half uh, what the market was expecting. And I think there's a few interesting things to take away. The first, of course, is what we always point out, which is that the ADP is kind of seen as a precursor to the NFP on Friday. But in terms of actual reliability, it doesn't tend to really align, not on that first reading anyway. So people do often look past the ADP in terms of giving any strong indication as to what we can expect. But the fact that this was such a substantial miss may give an idea as to the direction of travel, uh, I guess, for that NFP reading on Friday. The other thing to point out is that the markets were okay with it. Uh, And I think that really lends itself to what we saw on Friday, which is Jerome Powell seeming a little bit dovish, still sticking at this moment in time with the taper plans for this year, but not necessarily September, and also delinking tapering from interest rate hikes down the road, which is something that people have become a little bit concerned about. So by seeing a weaker employment number from the ADP, potentially lending itself to weaker data on Friday where expectations are around 750,000, so obviously considerably more than that ADP number. The market just seems to have taken it as a sign that, well, maybe some of the heat has come out of the economy and maybe that will encourage the Fed to be even more uh, patient still. And on top of that, we also had the ISM uh, number as well, the, the manufacturing PMI, and that showed, while it was the overall figure was strong, that showed that the employment sub-index actually was contractionary. So again, further lending itself to the idea that the employment market is starting to slow a little bit and that we're likely to see a disappointing uh, figure on Friday. So that will be an interesting one to watch over the course of the next 48 hours. And if we do see that disappointing jobs report, is that something that the market markets will welcome. Uh, And on the flip side, obviously, if the ADP is as unreliable as ever, if the number does overachieve and we see something closer to a million, for example, what will the reaction be in the markets then? Will we see a negative reaction because people fear that that means that with the labour market in such a healthy position, the Fed may be encouraged to rethink uh, September once more. So it's going to be a really interesting one and could be a really volatile end to the week. But you've got to say, while ADP is not reliable, uh, combined with that ISM employment sub-index, it would suggest that maybe expectations are a little high on Friday. What effect has this all had on markets over the last few days? Of course, we had some big rises last week with um, many believing that uh, this talk about inflation and uh, interest rates going up is actually not going to happen in the uh, near to medium term. Uh, Where are we now? So we're still at or around record highs. We're just kind of creeping higher at this point. And I think it's being driven by this more cautious approach from the central banks. I think the economy is still in really good shape. But there's just downside risks to, the, to that. There is the fact that we are uh, just generally expecting that growth to cool a little bit over the course of the next few months. COVID is obviously a massive risk. We're not going to see the kind of lockdowns which we saw uh, over the course of the last 18 months. But that doesn't mean we won't see restrictions being imposed. We won't see people self-imposing kind of 
restrictions on their own behaviour um, if we do see these numbers continue to rise. I think that's likely to uh, have an impact on the economy and therefore likely to have an impact on what we see from uh, the central banks. Like I say, it, it, we're in an interesting period right now. If the data starts to strengthen again and that starts to lend itself to tapering maybe a little earlier, September, November, or even faster uh, in terms of the pace of that tapering, then we may see the markets take a bit of a step back. But right now, these markets look in relatively good shape. Okay, let's switch subjects and talk about oil. And uh, OPEC Plus has met, but there's no change. Yeah, no change, uh, no surprise really. Um, we look at the situation right now, the uncertainty around the near-term outlook, the strength of the market right now, and also the price of a barrel of oil around $70, which is going to be pleasing for the OPEC Plus producers. So it was always expected that there wasn't going to be any changes at this point in time. We're going to continue with the process of adding 400,000 barrels a day each month between now and at the end of next year. Of course, that could change over, over the coming months, but at this moment in time, it just looks to be a steady process. The only surprising thing maybe was that the meeting only lasted half an hour because these can occasionally run on much, much longer than that. But quick half-hour meeting, all agreed on the communication, and it's uh, steady she goes. Back to Bitcoin, and it has, uh, well, it's teetering on the edge in and around 50,000. So it's back to uh, that important mark again. Yeah, it's interesting. I was actually even saying in a note just yesterday that everything seems to be pointing towards a bit of a correction in Bitcoin. We'd struggled around that $50,000 level for a number of days now, a number of weeks now, really. Uh, earlier this week, we'd made a lower high. So from a technical perspective, looks like momentum's running thin. Momentum indicators on the charts uh, were showing that momentum was running thin as well. So if anything, it looked like the path of release resistance was below. But as I said in yesterday's note, um, the fact that everything was pointing lower, everything was pointing to a correction, just made me think that we were probably instead just going to see a rally because that's how these things tend to happen. And within 24 hours, that's exactly what has happened. Um, it's funny how these things move. But what's also interesting is that we're struggling around that $50,000 even now. So perhaps the situation hasn't quite changed. Perhaps uh, the correction was just looking a little bit premature, but it's definitely gathered some upside momentum over the course of the last 24 hours or so, pushing that 50,000. It's actually 50, 51,000, which is looking like that big area of resistance um, as far as Bitcoin is concerned. So I think it's going to be an interesting one to watch over the course of this weekend. If it can break through 51,000, then I think it's going to gather a lot more upward momentum uh, once more, at which point people are going to start talking again about $65,000, that all-time high. This $50,000, $51,000 level seems to be a massive hurdle uh, for Bitcoin. I actually think a corrective move would be healthier in terms of the longer-term prospects, in terms of the rally. But if we do break 51000 then it suggests that we're maybe not going to see it. And if that's backed up by some momentum, then there could be uh, plenty more upside to come. Okay, Craig. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. The Oanda Podcast.